We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Doster T.O. and Fanta Podcast. Yes, it is the DTF Podcast. It is Tuesday morning, November 1st at 10.11 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time Zone, the only legitimate time zone. My name is Rob Doster. I have John Fanta. I have Terrence Oglesby here with me. And uh, look, it's a good morning, guys. Halloween was last night. John Fanta was able to celebrate a Browns win. He came on to this Zoom call all kind of fired up and juiced up. College basketball starts in six days. Real quick, I just want to let you know, um, we did not do a podcast last week. Fanta was traveling. T.O. was traveling. My wife was in health and safety protocols. I have two children. It was an insane week, uh, but we are back today. We're going to do a full national uh, national preview, national content preview um, for college hoops, uh, kind of top down. We have six questions that we're going to answer. We're going to go five minutes to each one. Before we do all that, I want to talk to you guys about your Halloween, man. Fanta, how was that? I saw you dressed up as Fred Flintstone. Fred Flintstone. Good. Yabba dabba do, baby. It was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly. Credit to my better half because she's the one who thought of it all. Had the big. So she got. Here come the jokes. She got a 6XL shirt via Amazon. Now, I didn't even know they made those, but they do. They do. Um <laughs> And so she got the shirt because it's basically Fred wears a gown. So she she chopped it up a little bit, folks. Uh, but I was basically wearing an orange dress for the Halloween costume. And then she took felt black triangles 
and put them all over and then just pull out a blue tie, kind of roll that out, and there you go. It's actually an easy costume, guys. It really is, if Amazon has five or six XL shirts. And how how long right was home. that shirt? Did it come down to your knees? It was long. It was, it was huge. <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a large shirt. You ordered a 6XLT. 6XLT. A wow. 6XL orange T. There you go. Good for and you. It, it fits How the Browns, the too, huh? It does. It fits the Browns. Victory Tuesday. The Cleveland Browns are Halloween's team. They should play every Halloween. I don't care if Halloween falls on a Tuesday or Wednesday. They should play every Halloween. Great win over the Bengals. By the numbers, Joe Burrow, 0-4 against the Cleveland Browns. It's a good thing that Chris Mack is not yet uh, doing any field of 68 after dark shows because if you had him on right now with you fans, I don't know if you'd be able to hold your tongue. It might be the only episode that he does with us. T.O., uh-huh. what's up, man? I was I was the beast from Beauty and the Beast. And it worked for a little while. And then my daughter got tired of putting her on her, uh, I guess, bell costume. So she took that off and she stole a gold helmet and a gold shovel from uh, one of the teenage girls that came to our little Halloween get together. And so what we do every year, my wife loves Halloween. So what we do every year is we have all these kids and all these families uh, from Damon's soccer team, they come. And then as we see families that we know, they come into the driveway and we say, hey, stay, hang around for a little bit. Then I turn around, we got five on five in the driveway. Like it is a full on situation. <laughs> then I turn around and then they're playing soccer out in the front yard. And then there's people coming in and out of the game and people are happy. They drop off bus loads of kids at our neighborhood. And it's, it's a big time. Uh, but I was the beast for a moment. If you follow me on Twitter, you can see that. It was not all that appealing, but my daughter was cute. She gets tired of her costume. She has a gold helmet and a gold shovel, and she starts walking around the neighborhood telling everybody she's a gold digger. Has no idea <laughs> what that even is. But my, my, my five-year-old daughter was a gold digger. <laughs> and I didn't bother even <laughs> trying to dive into that situation. I was just like, I'm just going to let nature play its course there. And then eventually I'll explain what a gold digger is to my five-year-old. But uh, we had chili. We had chicken bog, which is a South Carolina dish. It's rice, salt, pepper, a couple different ingredients, and some chicken sausage. It was delicious. And then my wife made some goulash uh, soup, uh, which was also awesome. So it was fun all the way around. Uh, I ended up getting to take off my costume at about seven, still had kids crawling around till about eight, eight 30. And it was just a good time all around. But my son was a soccer player. My, my daughter was bell turned gold digger. So she went from one to the other. And then, uh, I went from, uh, basically just, I hung around and was middle-aged father after I could take off my beast costume. So it was, it was a great day. It was a great day. <laughs> That's amazing. That is a great story. My wife and I went as a, so she was a bag of hot Cheetos and she wanted me to dress as a regular Cheeto, but I don't know if you've ever seen a Cheeto costume. It looks like it's just a big orange turd. So I was walking around telling everyone I was an orange poop because that is exactly what I looked like. <laughs> I think three people probably understood uh, that I was a Cheeto. Um, let me ask you this. What is so when I in the neighborhood that I grew up in, everybody knew the the houses that had they gave out the big Halloween bars. Right. Everybody also knew the houses that did things like give out little bags of popcorn and give out apples and give out those little uh the, what are they? The double bubble gums that come out and look like they've been rolled in flour and have flavor for about 30 seconds and then you get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is 
what was your what's your go to? Like when you are buying the candy to give out at the door to make sure that you don't get hit on mischief night. What what is what is your go to candy? What are you buying? Yeah, this isn't even up for discussion. It's Reese's, and that's the end of the story. I mean, the peanut butter cup has the perfect blend of savory, sweet flavor, actual con. Like, there's there's something about it that there's there's actual. I'm trying to think of the word for it. Like, it, it it's not just a worthless candy. You don't just taste it. And then the flavor goes away like that double bubble that you talked about. Even though you might be done with the Reese's, you then have the Reese's stored in you. It's like it's a it becomes a part of you when you have a Reese's peanut butter cup. It, it becomes part of your DNA because the flavor sticks with you like that is not a bad aftertaste. It might be if you go to kiss your bride, but that's a really good aftertaste to have. The Reese's peanut butter cup will forever be number one. And if there's a close second, it's the Kit Kat bar. No, no doubt. Reese's, by the way, Reese's call us. But Reese's is, is without without question, the best Halloween candy. Uh, but little bags of Skittles, they also mm-hmm. hold up pretty well. And then uh, that's pretty much it. Jolly Ranchers just kind of throw them in the bag. We don't have much mischief night uh, in our neighborhood, thank goodness, because our neighborhood in general is a pretty – it's a pretty. Uh, there, there's a lot of houses close together, so if they're going to pick somebody, it's going to be somebody with the hat with their lights off. So yeah, we, we we don't fall victim to that. Yeah. Can I also throw in Starbursts for like the acceptable candies that you can give out? Starbursts are good, dude. Starbursts are mediocre. Yeah, but you mediocre they come in like the you double bags and they're individually wrapped. Like that's fine for long. a candy. If you want to give out Starbursts, I'm 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 with it. That is acceptable. It's the people that. Uh, that have if you give out mounds, no, you're not a no. mounds guy. No, no not a mounds guy. No. If you give out three musketeers bars, I like take go. five. Your house like, is I like love take five. Take five. Your house but is good. Peanut butter guy. Peanut butter guy. Yeah. And what's like the crunch? The crunch bar is good. And there's another. Um, there's another like crunchy Nestle bar that they sell. Like they're they're the hundred grands. Hundred grands. Hundred. Yeah, but see, hundred grands. I ate one last night. I thought it was going to be great, but it's got like that really kind of hard, sticky caramel in the middle of it where you like you chew it yeah. and it feels like you're going to rip like your teeth out. Same thing. With, I don't understand the people that eat milk dots. duds, milk duds. No dots. No, no, just not. Give me chocolate and peanut butter, chocolate and caramel. Eh, I'm good. I'm all right. That nougat stuff. Yeah. You know what? You can keep that over here. Chocolate and peanut butter. Any kind of combination of that is a, uh, is something that works for me. All right. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, like I said, we're going to do our, our quick little five hitter, uh, five minute quick hitters um, at the end. Breakout stars, biggest X factors. I'm going to ask Fanta who his ride or die is this season. Uh, there's a couple of news items I want to get to first. But first and foremost, if you want to keep up on college basketball news, make sure that you subscribe to the field of 68 daily. That is a link. Uh, there's a link in the description below. It is our daily newsletter. Uh, it's run by Mike Miller, who was my boss at NBC Sports when I was over there. Everything that you need to stay up to date on college basketball in your inbox every morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. And it's uh, it's the best way to get going while you sit there and you drink your coffee. Also, if you want to get prepared for the season and be able to cash in on some of the bets and some of the value that Bet Rivers has in their sports book at the start of the year, 1999, you can buy the Almanac, the most uh, informative preseason college basketball magazine that has ever been written i will take that to my grave um all right i want to start on the baba miller suspension uh t i'm going to go to you first on this one because i know you are you are all about baba um he got suspended for half the season it's going to end up being 16 games 
it was essentially $3,000 worth of stuff. He got flights, hotels, training, meals uh, for when he was before he decided he wanted to play college basketball. He took a trip to the States. I think he was like 16 years old at the time. Um, paid $3, all the money back for, for $3,000, all the money back, got dinged for half the, half the season. And they paid it quick. Yes. To, like to me, Sorry, go, finish. finish they, no, I'm go. just, I'll, I'll go ahead. But to me, this is, look, you, you broke NCAA rules. He didn't know he did, but you still broke the rules. Something's got to happen. Give him three games. Keep it moving, right? You want to give him three games at the start of the ACC season? Okay, I get it. Keep it moving. Half a season for $3,000 before you even really knew you wanted to play college basketball is unbelievably excessive and not fair. It's egregious. It's egregious. What do we do? Why I, You say three games. I say no games. It's such a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a fuck. And I don't curse much on this con uh, on this podcast. No, you don't. Nobody gives a fuck. This is the most ridiculous suspension that they've done to date. And like the it, meanwhile, a little further south at Miami, we have open contract negotiations with Life Wallet, which I don't even know if is a real company, for eight hundred grand for two years. And this kid got three grand to go to training camp to practice, and then he's going to be suspended for the half the year. And not only that, he paid the money back pretty much instantaneously when they found out it was it was a rule broken anyway. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? <laughs> this is just the NCAA's ineptitude at its finest, and they just keep on outperforming themselves in, in cases of stupidity. This is the most ridiculous thing. And I'm doing their first game of the season. I was looking forward uh, to seeing Bob Miller in person. Six foot 11 can really play probably Florida state's next guy that nobody really knows about that goes on and becomes a lottery pick. He has that kind of talent. Six foot 11 can shoot it. Went three for five from three in their, uh, went three for five from three in their exhibition game, played even better in their inner squad scrimmages. I I talked to those close to the program. It's ridiculous. And not only was it, what was it? 16 games. That was, it, it was a year to begin with and they got it down. Unbelievable. It's insane. It's insanity. And not only that, he paid it back right away. Guys, be better. Let the kid play. 16 games is egregious. You should want to create an avenue that is appealing for the best European and overseas players to get here. The product you got to understand is that Europeans do not understand the concept of what amateurism is when you're playing uh, in, in college sports college basketball, college football. They don't understand that there's all these ridiculous NCAA rules that you can't violate. It's hard enough for people that live here that that run these AAU programs to do these things to figure out how to like navigate the line of what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. Expecting somebody from overseas to figure all this shit out when they're it's it's the second language. It's not their negative native language. Like you're going to tell me I have a hard enough time reading the NCAA rule book and I speak English, right? Imagine somebody that only speaks Spanish or French or German or some other language. You want to be able to create an avenue for those people to come over here, play college basketball, get the best European talent on campuses so that they can show it'll make the college basketball game better. Get more talent here. You don't want to create disincentives for them coming. And all this does Fanta, is create a disincentive for him to come. Absolutely. And we live in this world where apparently there's a double standard because plenty of people get second chances. Some people even get third chances. And those people, a lot of times, are in denial of what they did first. He's not in denial. Baba Miller and his family took accountability for what occurred and paid back the total of around $3,000 in travel and and getting to the United States and making this, this camp happen for him. 
You're exactly right. What are we teaching here? And what happened? At the end of the day, they say that the age group that Baba Miller's in, like, can you guys imagine all the stupid stuff that we did at, at his age? I did plenty of it. And this wasn't even stupid. This was to serve himself. This was to make himself better. And he paid the money back. He and his family aren't saying, we're not paying that money back. We were never told this. We were never told that. Causing more drama. No, they acknowledged their wrongdoing before this even came down. And you're going to hand this kid? You're going to hand a kid a 16-game suspension. When you've got some of your high-profile coaches who, who quite literally have paid players during a time when it was not legal, and you might hand a couple of these coaches like a three-game suspension, a four-game suspension. I don't care what the suspension number is. 16 is ridiculous. It should be none. He took accountability for his actions. He paid things back. He had the help of his family, of course. But what are we teaching everybody? And what are we saying to these kids in an era of mental health, in an era of, of trying to get people on the right track, in an era where college basketball is supposed to be a beautiful thing, you just made it this kid's worst nightmare for the first half of his season. It's wrong. You know what the worst it's part terrible. about it is? It's unacceptable in every single way. The kid should not be suspended for a single game. You know what the worst part about it is? He he didn't take the money to go like on vacation or go buy a new car, but go buy a Gucci bag or go buy whatever it is that kids buy these days, right? He, he, he took the money to go practice, to go play. He took the money so we can go work out with – he was working out with Real Madrid, right? He was working yeah. out with his, his pro team. He took the money so we can go work out with his pro team. We're like, What are we doing here? And he paid it back. And he paid it back. We're going to suspend There's him for no, 16 games? That's just it. Apparently paying it back made no difference. Or the difference it made was it went from a full season to well, half a season. You know what this tells you? On, you know what this people. tells you? Never – Never concede anything to the NCAA because you know who else conceded to the NCAA? Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State conceded to the NCAA. They worked with them. They've been the only program that that had a postseason ban implemented by the uh, by the NCAA as a result of what happened with um, the FBI investigation. Never work you with know them. What it is? Deny you know till you is? die. Go get a lawyer. They should have spent ten times that money on a lawyer and fought this thing to the to the death. That's what they should have done. Unfortunately, would have paid for that. The, the problem with this is, my last law in this situation is simple. The suits, the corporate level people who have a say in making these decisions are pushing buttons and don't factor in that these are kids and that they have families. They don't operationalize their penalties according to what real life actually is. And the fact that they are this out of touch in 2022 is really wrong. Yep, I agree. Um, let's talk about Jose Perez because I think it's there's a it's it's a similar conversation there. All right, so Jose Perez he uh, uh, he was preseason MAC Player of the Year, uh, the Metro Athletic Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference um, MAAC MAC uh, at Manhattan, averaged 19 points, four and a half assists last season. Uh, Steve Mazziello was fired about a week ago now. Uh, Jose Perez enters the transfer portal, basically says, I am not going to play for this program anymore. Um, and is transferring out. He committed to West Virginia. He got himself a nice little bag for that commitment. And, uh, yeah, the question now becomes whether or not he's going to be eligible to play. And I don't know if this is a hot take guys. And you can tell me if I'm wrong, please 
try to talk me into it the other way if, if you think I'm wrong. Um, I don't think that he should be eligible to play at West Virginia this year, at least not in the first semester. You want to talk me in the second semester? Maybe. Um, but I just think that – and look, I, I'm as pro-player empowerment as anybody is. But a coach getting fired is something that happens in every single level of sports every single day. To me, is not something that should uh, allow you to be able to jump from another team when you've already made a commitment to that team. So if he ends up having to sit out a year, uh, I think I have no, I'm not going to be the guy that sits here and tells you that it's it's a big problem that it should not happen. You got? Am I wrong? No, I, I think a big thing too is is one. I don't know if the kid's graduated or not. I asked you guys before the show what an opportunity for it it is for him. What's this going to be his fifth, and then maybe sixth year if he has to sit out the duration of the season? Like, it, it, what a great opportunity for him to get more education. Uh, that being said, and I only say that in his particular case because I don't think he's an NBA player. So, like, get as much out of the experience as you can. Take advantage of what's given to you. And then, you know, if he comes for the spring, fine. Immediate eligibility, I don't know how it's possible because it's November 1st. What do they have, like a six-week course going into the end of the semester? Not many schools have that. West Virginia might. But I I also think whenever you commit to a school – uh, you, you sign with the school. You don't say, I pledge my basketball abilities to uh, Bob Huggins. It's, it's a different conversation if, you, if, you, if you're if you a senior in high school, you sign a letter of intent, you commit then, then after you sign your letter, letter of intent, yeah. the coach gets fired and you say, okay, I don't want to go there anymore before any of this starts, right? Yeah. Before the season starts, before you enroll, before you, you go there. To me, that's a very different conversation. That's one where we can sit here and say, you know what, you can't, school can't, lord power over him there but you're already in classes you're already in school you're already in practices yeah. Yeah, you're gonna tell me you're gonna now you're gonna leave and try to be eligible immediately I, that that to me that's just the bridge too far well, where's the class where are the classes like that's kind of where where, where are the classes coming into play i think like, so for I'm some of the school i don't know if, i don't know if west virginia's uh schedule is like this but i do know that there's program i think ucla is on a quarterly system um, Oregon's on a quarterly system where like your classes are basically what it ends up being like six or eight weeks, right? And that would work. That would that we're work, talking about let him play right away. No, I'm I sorry, wouldn't. but we're talking about academia in Morgantown right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm it. just saying. It's not, it's not to go. Fanta, hey, look, Mountaineer fans, don't get mad at me. I didn't say it. Fanta said it. Fanta, no, no, the, no, no, no. Let me tell Cleveland you something. Cleveland fan, the Ohio guy said it. Don't look at me. 
I'm just sitting here in New Jersey. I think West Virginia is a great academic institution. I think Deshaun Butler is one of the smartest, most intelligent people that I've ever worked with. And Fanta's over here. He's dogging you guys. Don't look at me. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) I love Morgantown. You know why? It's a great town. The fun comes before the work. Always. (laughs) Always. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, listen. Play play before work. No, look, he shouldn't be eligible to play immediately. It would be a bad example. You know why? Who's to say? Who's to say that next year at this time, someone gets angry at their coach? They know they're not going to play. Who's to say that this uh, doesn't prevent the player from just picking up and leaving, regardless of their head coach's status, because he knows he's not going to play, but he could go play for somebody right away. Jose Fresh. Yeah, that sets precedent. It sets a bad, really bad precedent. Yep. Well, I I do think that we should have a. uh... You know, it would be fun if we actually had like a, a trade window, um, you know, from, <laughs> from just, let me let me finish from oh like the end of finals until Christmas, basically, where you can trade players at the college level. That'd be fun. It would create a lot of good content. I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing for for a sport where academia is supposed to be important. We're supposed to be looking out for the kids best, best interests. But just imagine if we get to December and like Sophia Wheeler goes down. We're like, oh, man, Kentucky needs a point guard. And then yeah, there's, someone that, there's someone like starred in the mid-major barracks. And you're like, oh, you know what? He's he's averaging 18 and four right now. He's shooting 40 percent from three. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to send you a recruit to be named later. You're going to send us our point guard and we're going to go win a national title. And then a year down the road, they're going to end up getting a five star. That's a bum, right? So the next time you have a Khalil Whitney that blows up, all of a sudden he's going to the mid-major the next year, right? Wouldn't that be fun? That would be great content. Trading a five-star recruit to be named later would be an amazing (laughs) trade. And if there was a trade deadline, North Carolina wouldn't have made the national championship game last year. They would have been sellers at the deadline. Yeah, that's probably true. Just imagine, imagine sellers at the deadline. Think about how much fun that would be. Think about think about that 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 window right there. How much content could we get out of like that week before Christmas? Imagine if we had a trade deadline and like you're counting it down. You're like, oh, I don't know, man. Look, Stanford. I don't think they're going to be good enough. Are they going to be able to get rid of these guys? I'm not entertained. Is UCLA going to be able to add enough bench depth? Are they going to be able to go mine UC Irvine for a new piece? Like that'd be fun. I'm not entertaining this. No, you're not at all. Guarantee you. Julian Champagny would have been dealt. Guarantee <laughs> you. Guarantee you. He would have been dealt. Would T.O. Would T.O. have been on the trade block back in the day? Sharpshooter. Like pros. Sharpshooter. Nice guy. Good for a locker room. Cons. Hold on. Never hold seen on, a hold on. Hold on. Like. Hold on. Terrible for a locker room. Horrible <laughs> for a locker room. Yeah. Like, you know what? Hey, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I've heard from multiple people that were like, yeah, we need a guy like T.O. T.O. just hates everybody. Everybody. Everybody, yep. which is kind of still true today. That's 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 what that's what Morell told me. He said, yeah, that motherfucker hated everybody. <laughs> Talking about me when I played. It wasn't great for a locker room at that time. Now, good for a locker room. Then, not so good for a locker room. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of good for the locker room, um, I don't know where this transition is going to end up going, but uh, Ian Eagle is going to replace Jim Nance as the voice of the final four after the 2023 final four. Um, Nance is a legend. Uh, I think Ian Eagle is the perfect replacement. That is a CBS employee. If it was my uh, if it was my case, I would uh, just be throwing Gus Johnson there because Gus Johnson is a legend. And to me, 
his his voice and his energy uh is like defines march mad like the, the the march madness moments that i remember the most growing up are ones that are all called by gus johnson right sword to hit that from the parking lot you know what i mean like the, those those um those moments are great but fan i want to ask you this you're a play-by-play guy um when you are when you are watching people when you're looking up to people what do you what do you want to see out of a great play-by-play guy? What, what makes Iron Eagle so good at what he does? What makes Gus Johnson so good at what he does? What makes Jim Nance so good at what he does, specifically in the college basketball space? Because I do think it differs a little bit depending on the sport. An unmatched passion and an enthusiasm for the game that you're calling, whether it be a bye game or a Final Four game or a conference game, whatever it might be, you want to give the viewer their best experience. For instance, I'm doing UConn and Stonehill on Monday night. I don't know how many people will watch that game. I don't care how many people watch the game. For Connecticut fans, it's the biggest game on their calendar. They're going to be looking forward to that tip-off all day long. They talk basketball all year long. And if I don't know my stuff, it I will hear about it. I'll hear about it because people are on Twitter and UConn fans are certainly on Twitter. Stonehill, it's their first Division I game. Somewhere out there, there's some Stonehill alums watching the game, and for them, it's their most important game. Ian Eagle does an amazing job and has throughout his career, and uh, I'll, I only hope to be 5% of what Ian Eagle is because Ian Eagle has an incredible energy level and an incredible amount of research that he puts into a telecast that makes those one-liners come to life. Those one-liners, those enthusiastic remarks that he has, his chance when a big three goes in, his, oh, he got it, something like that. They all come organically, guys, because Ian knows these teams like the back of his hand. He prepares so, so well. And, and that's what makes a great play-by-play guy. Are you invested? Do you show up for every game with the same level of enthusiasm? And do you set up your partner? Everybody talks about Tony Romo and just how good he's been. And, and sometimes some people don't like Romo, but a lot of people do because Romo's been so good at anticipating the action. You also got to have a good partner that sets you up for that. And that's not talking over you. And that's not talking the whole time. Jim Nance has done that to a T and Jim Nance has been great. A three man booth is difficult guys. A three man booth is hard. And a sideline reporter, Jim's great at being a traffic cop with Bill Raftery and Grant Hill. Ian will be that he sets up his partners. Well, Ian Eagle could work with a golden retriever and they would put up a, a broadcast. He would find a way to get some words <laughs> out of Airbud. I promise you that. So Ian's a perfect replacement for this enthusiasm. And you got to set your partners up. One of my bosses at Fox has always said, you're not the star of the show. People don't want to hear your opinions on the show. Donnie Marshall sitting next to you. He's the one who played the game. Get him to tell the story. Set him up. The less you say, the better. I've never gotten in trouble for, for not talking. You know why? Can't make a mistake not talking. You know what I think is really important too? It's the ability to to have excitement in the moment, right? And then to let the moment speak for itself. You got to call the play, but then there's certain times where you don't need to say anything. Like the 
the the perfect example I'll give from you, Fanta, is the Providence Mar was the Providence Marquette last year, right? Where Nate uh, Providence has like the the kind of the comeback win, and Nate Watson has that like dunk where he knocked like four people over, right? And the dunk is going crazy, and you're just like, it's Bedlam, and then you didn't say anything for about ten or fifteen seconds, and you just let the camera pan to all of the Providence fans and people going nuts in that building. You didn't need to say anything. That picture spoke for itself. Um, so I think, yes, I agree with you. Iron Eagle, I think, is going to be really, really good there. All right. I think the, the big Go thing, because I, I work on the other side of that, uh, in being the color guy, like you have to realize you have to give the game context, but you also can't make it about you. And you, st you still have to match the energy without making it about you. Like, and to be honest with you, when I'm doing the, the color, like I will tell a story, but it'll be very brief because the game is about the kids mm -hmm. and like I'm doing a Providence Stone Hill game on the 15th and I realized like I need to make it about the kids because Stone Hill like their first year is division one they got some guys on there that have some big east ties I'll talk about that whenever but it's not about me and Fanta does a terrific job about this of accentuating the action and the energy in the building but then at the same time not making it about him and I strive to do the same thing and stay on task with some of those things, but to be able to say what you need to say, give the game context immediately. And that's what Nance has been so good at. And that smooth voice mm -hmm. also helps things match Hello, the friends. energy of the building, get out of the way and let the game sp speak for itself. And that's what Fanta's good at. And that's what Nance was good at. One quick thought on Nance. This is his last final four. It comes in Houston. He is a Houston alum. How wild would it be Ooh. if Jim Nance goes out calling Houston's first ever men's basketball national championship? In that city, that'd be great. Um, you guys both mentioned uh, that you're calling Stonehill games early on. Shout out Andrew Sims, uh, Lenny P. High School finest, Mount Laurel, New Jersey. He's from the same hometown. that uh, His hometown is where I'm living right now. So shout out to Andrew Sims and Stonehill. Fun fact, uh, Rutgers, backup point guard, Derek Simpson, also from uh, Lenape High School. Wow. Dud. Just watch. You guys are – watch. He's going to be – Welcome to D1, of, Stonehill. Yeah, welcome to welcome D1. Welcome to D1. We welcome you. We cover yes. – at the field of 68 and just find the almanac, we cover everybody. Hey, Fanta, who's the funniest alum from Stonehill? Go ahead. Ed Cooley? Hey, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it is. It's Ed Cooley. You got All right, me so that. we're we're gonna end this uh, end this pod. We have six questions. We're gonna go five minutes each on each one. I I got the timer out again, guys. I got the timer out, boys. Uh, I'm gonna keep To in line on this one. To likes to get a little long winded on some of these. You know, we got five <laughs> minutes. You say that. I, I, Team I, player. I put four four potential All Americans. Four. Team player. Yeah, I know, right? You pick one, one To. All right, so we're gonna start with that. We're gonna go. Who's the breakout star? Who's gonna go from uh, kind of the fringes of college basketball to start them the season. To I'm going to you first. If you, right, if you got you four of them, go quick, please. <laughs> I, I got, I got. All right, so uh, Jeremy Roach could step up, be big for Duke. He's a big if for that team. Kendrick Davis at Memphis, he steps into the spotlight. He's going to be on a much bigger stage than the two that I'm willing to bet on. And the first one, I'm not sure that is a huge deal because everybody kind of sees it coming. But Pele Larson at Arizona. Had a terrific summer. Not a good summer, a terrific summer. He has a chance to be the best player on that Arizona team that's still going to be really good. You I mean, stick he, together. That's what it is, huh? 
that's a, yeah, sweet stick together. Not Swedish, but we'll keep we'll we'll keep going. Uh, the other one is an interesting one, and I was curious how this was going to go, but after that Gonzaga Tennessee game, he scored at a really high level ever since he's been in college. We're talking leading his former league in scoring consistently. Tyreek Key could mess around and sneak up, and not only Tennessee could win the SEC, they could but he could be a spark off the bench because they're going to bring him off the bench and he could average big numbers because he plays within pay. He plays with good pace. He can shoot the ball. He's big and strong kid. He's going to be able to kind of be a counter to the rest of the the Southeastern conference because where it's a bunch of long rangey young athletes, he's this big burly, a little bit shorter and older has kind of a grandpa game. You know what I mean? A lot of ball fakes, a lot of jump shots, like really good. Chris Lofton vibe to me. Well, Chris was of, good. Yeah, Chris was a little good. bit of a Chris Loft the vibe. Yeah, Chris was Chris was really good. But Tyreek Key could sneak and be in that conversation at the end of the year because Tennessee's going to be really good and he's going to score a lot of points. All right, Fanta, who you got? I've got Matthew Murrell at Ole Miss. I think he's poised for an even bigger year. I, just love looking at, at what? I love it. I, I, I love, love it. that. I love it. I love I'm it. all in on him. He's so yep. good. When you look at the Rebels – if they're going to be this dark horse in the SEC, then Murrell's ha- got to have that big year. And I thought he really hit his stride as the year went on. Ole Miss just has to stay healthy. They they have been bitten bad by the injury bug. So Matthew Murrell at Ole Miss. I love the sophomore, Mo Gay, at Washington State. Long, athletic, explosive, tested the NBA draft waters. Big year for Washington State. And I think – Mo Gay is going to have a huge season here coming back to college basketball. So he's he's number two on my list. I, I'll go rapid fire here. Number three is Bryce Hopkins at Providence mm-hmm. because I just I, I think that he is ready to spring on the scene here. Obviously flies under the radar last year. Was at the end of the bench. Was at the end of the bench in the final minute of Kentucky's loss to St. Peter's. And he's thinking in his head, what's my next step going to be? Like, so experience the ultimate defeat, didn't play, wasn't really a part of that team. Now he goes to Providence. Ed Cooley seems to be transfer you. Let's see how that works. And then the last one, actually, I go back to Kentucky. Because if the Wildcats are going to be a national championship caliber team, there needs to stop being just talk. We got to see big time results from Jacob Toppin. He's ready for the big year. Yep, I agree. Jacob Toppin is one of the three guys I've written down. I love the the morale call. That's a great one. I, we're... Uh, T.O. and I are on the SEC preview show tonight. Uh, yep. Teaser. He's, he, um, he's very good. I'm very he reminds high. Me, on... He reminds me a lot of former Kentucky guard Jody Meeks. Yeah. Bucket getter. Um, yep. Was one of the best players in the SEC in the stretch of last season. We'll save that for the SEC show. I love that call. Uh, the two, the, Jacob Toppin's got to make shots. If he's making shots, and like he, to me, he's one of the biggest X factors in college basketball. Yes. Um, but the two guys on my list, uh, I'm going to start with Nolan Hickman, point guard at Gonzaga. When you have big point guards for Gonzaga, these guys that can kind of um, play that role. I mean, just look at what Nigel Williams-Goss did. Look at what uh, Andrew Nemhard did. I think Nolan Hickman's going to step into that role. He's, he's not exactly he's, – he's, he's kind of like a cross between uh, what Jalen Suggs was and what those guys were, but I do think the point guard role uh, at Gonzaga is one where you can just kind of plug and play and you end up being a star there. Um, and then Chris Murray. Um, listen to the Geo Baker talk about him on the Big Ten preview show – so much of what Keegan did last season 
was stuff that came within Iowa's offense, right? They're not just isolating him and asking him to go make a play. They're saying, we're going to run this action. You're going to get it here. You're going to go make a shot right here in this spot. Uh, and I think Chris Murray can do a lot of the same things that Keegan Murray is going to be able to do. I'm not saying he's going to end up being a first-team All-American top-five pick, but I do think that he scores it well enough um, that he should be able to be like an all-Big Ten guy and be in the mix for an All-American mm-hmm. team. And that, there we go. Is the end of that. Um, all right. Next question. The biggest X factor this season. I don't want to go like specifically a player per se. I wanted something like Justin Moore coming back when he gets healthy, things along those lines. So uh, Fanta, I am going to you first on this one. Does Auburn's backcourt get more efficient? Because if they do, then I think that the Tigers are a real factor in the SEC. But if it's more of the same, they're going to be all over the place again in this league. Look, they're a preseason top 15 team in the AP poll. They're thought of highly. But Wendell Green just had his moments of, of frankly, being a roller coaster last year. He was all over the place. Katie Johnson, as much as you like him one day, you, you didn't like him the next. And then Zeb Jasper, again, a, another guy that was a little bit all over the place. I think Alan Flanagan is in, an important piece to this team just because can he get closer to what he was as a sophomore last year? It felt like the after. I don't think so, but but th- that's my point. The, to me, like we talk about the SEC, and I think that that whole league is the X factor nationally because Arkansas's freshman class, just how great are they going to be? We think they're going to be pretty doggone great. Will Kentucky live up to the hype? Tennessee might be the X factor team in the nation because I think they're better than what we even might have thought after what they did to Gonzaga exhibition nonetheless. But Arkansas, is Arkansas going to be an SEC title contender? We'll see. If that backcourt's not any more efficient, it's not going to happen. Yo. Uh, Which Carolina are we going to get? Like, which North Carolina team are we going to get? Biggest X factor is one, are they going to play any defense consistently? That has that was an issue last season during the regular season. Then the last six games of the year, they really turned it on. So we certainly know their potential. And another thing with that same Carolina team is who's going to be the X factor is who are they going to bring off the bench that they can rely on consistently? Because they got really good at the end of the year when they shortened that bench to about six dudes. Or they shortened, they shortened their uh, playing time to about six dudes. And then that ended up costing them. Uh, in the national championship game. That team has talent. Are we going to see that talented team that we saw in March all season long, or are they going to kind of drag their feet and let Virginia win the league, like a lot of people think that will happen, and then be good in the tournament? A What's your people, goal there? I don't, think, I don't think a lot of people think Virginia's going to win the league. I think I think more people – I think I think, I think people who voted them to win the league, the ACC, are also very cognizant of the fact that they probably won't. Because I think Virginia's consistency in their approach is every game, where I'm not sure Carolina, I think their ceiling is much higher uh, because of that talent, but not necessarily their defensive effort is as consistent. Are you going to be able to get that all season long? I think that's the big X factor, and their depth is a big X factor. Yeah, I also think Virginia is uh, better than the kind of the public at large realizes. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, that, well, I, I, I picked oh. them second. And the only reason I picked them second was because I felt like Carolina deserved uh, preseason number one nod. 
yeah, but well, I, I think Virginia, because of their consistency, is going to end up. Yeah, I think we're going to. Uh, end they were up a year away them. last year. Virginia yeah. was a year away last year. They're here now. Like Reece I think Beacon we're going to end up talking now. about them at some point in uh, one of these other uh, topics. I got a feeling someone's going to bring them up. My biggest X factor of the season is uh, what Creighton is on the offensive end of the floor. I think that they are going to be an elite defensive team. I'm talking like top ten defensive team again, what they were last season. Um, my question is one. Is the shooting going to come around? They finished last season ranked outside the top 300 in three-point field goal percentage. Never in Greg McDermott's tenure at Creighton had they ever finished outside of the top 160 before. And there were only two years where they weren't a top 65 team in three-point shooting. Those were the two years after uh, Doug McDermott graduated when they just moved up to the Big East and then lost a whole bunch of seniors and kind of had to rebuild and get back to being a Big East program in that conference. Uh, Same thing as their turnover rate. They finished last year um, ranked the, turning the ball over on more than 20% of their possessions, right? Outside the top 300 again. Uh, they had never been outside the top 180 in turnover rate in Greg McDermott's tenure at Creighton before this. And for the, I think out of 70% of the seasons, they were like top 50, top 60. They are almost always a very good, very efficient, well-oiled offensive machine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Last season, with all those new faces, with some of the injuries, with the fact that they basically had two freshman point guards running the show, they they struggle on that end of the floor. So uh, if they could end up being the elite offense that I expect them to be with the addition of Baylor Shireman, with the fact that Kaluma, Nemhart, and Trey Alexander are all sophomores, combine that with Ryan Kalkbrenner at the five, lockdown defense. I mean, look, if they're, if they're scoring at the rate that you expect the Gray McDermott team to be able to score – that, to me, is a top five team in college basketball. So uh, with that in mind, I'm not going to let the alarm go again because I don't want T.O. to make fun of me for it. Next question, who is your who is your ride or die team? Who is the team that you just love a little bit too much? Who is the team, T.O., that you, even though your mind kind of says, you know what, I don't know if this is right, who can you just not quit? Who is the, uh, who is your 3 a.m.? It's back in college. It's 3 a.m. You've had a couple too many beverages. Uh, you just finished that nice slice of pizza. And you're uh, you're you're making that text. You're picking up that call. Who's your ride or die? Uh, B- Baylor. Baylor is my ride or die because of their consistency that they've had over the past X amount of years, or however long Scott Drew has really gotten that thing rolling. Uh, Flagler, L.J. Cryer, returners, returners, returners. They bring in nice pieces, and then Keontae George is just such an X factor with his talent. He could be one of these special freshmen, but it all kind of comes down to who's their star. Like, could he be that guy? They brought it. They brought in with uh, the kid from West Virginia. Is it Bridges? Mm-hmm. And they brought in Caleb Loner, who's a nice player. Uh, if they had Chamwachachua healthy, he's not going to be. But like, if they had him healthy, I think this is a real contender. Uh, I just still, even so, I can't put down my love for the Baylor Bears because I think Keontae George could be your game-changing kind of player especially at the end of games because of his skill level and his competitiveness and emphasis on competitiveness. Mm -hmm. Fanta. My ride or die this season comes from the mountain West. It is San Diego state. 
I will die on that hill. I'm probably going to pick them to go around too far in the NCAA tournament because I love chaos. And I think they're good enough, more than good enough to create it. Look, you're talking about one of the best defensive teams in America. They were Ken Palm number two in adjusted defensive efficiency last year. Ken Palm has them in the top 10 in the, the preseason. I actually think it might be top five from what I last checked. The Aztecs, the way that they defend, you combine that with Matt Bradley and his scoring prowess. The biggest question for this team is, can they get enough complimentary scoring night in, night out? Because they became predictable offensively last year, and it ended up doing them in. They did not beat Creighton in the NCAA tournament. They should have won that game, but should have, would have, could have, doesn't count in March Madness. My point is, I think the national narrative around San Diego State might be different had they won that first-round game in advance to play Kansas, because I wonder how that game would have gone. They didn't win that game, but they have Nathan Mensah back. Jadon Lee is someone that, at the four, a former Ohio State guy, was out last year. He transfers into the program. He's a guy that's going to help them. Darian Trammell from Seattle, really good score, and Lamont Butler's back as well. San Diego State is a dangerous dog. Brian Dutcher has not been able to make the March run happen. We only could have wondered what would have happened a couple of years ago when they had a, a terrific season. But I'm on the Aztecs bandwagon. They're my ride or die this season. And they're an easy ride or die because I think they're going to win the Mountain West. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, if you spend any time on Twitter and you even happen to mention anybody kind of closely affiliated with the, the Mountain West, you will get a flood of San Diego State fans telling you that Jaden Lede should be a uh, a first-team All-American this season. Uh, just a flood, a torrent of them. So they're all in on him as a player. My ride or die is the Florida Gators. And I don't know if wow. I'm I don't know if I'm just fully bought in. I don't know if I've been blinded by seeing Kawasi Reeves go off in the last three games of the regular season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've just managed to convince myself that R- Will Richard was the most under-recruited player in the class of 2021 when he ended up at Belmont. I don't know if I'm just sitting here looking at Alex Fudge being like, how can a guy named Fudge not have a sweet jump shot at the end of the day? But you give me those three guys that I just mentioned with a veteran lead guard in Kyle Lofton, with a veteran five in Colin Castles, and two fifth-year seniors that have been around the block, been in a lot of battles. You give me Myron Jones off the bench, a guy that I do expect to, to shoot closer to what he shot at Penn State as a freshman and a sophomore than what he did last year at Florida. You give me um, – uh, what's the um, the kid uh, – the, who transferred in? The point guard, Trey Bonham. Um, yeah, you give me – they, they got a couple of pretty good freshmen – uh, coming in, I know that that the staff is very high on Riley Kugel and Denzel Aberdeen. Uh, I I just I look at that team, really good point guard, really good five man. What I expect to be three really good wings. Now I know I'm taking a leap, saying that those three guys, Reeves, Richard, and uh, and Fudge, are all going to end up being like good in those two, three, four spots. But you're switchable, you're long, you're athletic, you got so- shot makers, you got a point guard, you got a five man. To me, that's kind of what you need to be able to compete. So. Uh, I, I, I've managed to convince myself that Florida is going to end up being a top 20 team in college basketball this season. And right up there, I think there's a top five. We'll get to this later, Tio, but I think there's a top five in the SEC as opposed to a, uh, a top four. All right, next up, who is your – it's kind of the uh, – we're, go, we're going to the other direction this time. Who is your do not answer? Who is calling you at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're in college and you're like, yeah. No. <laughs> who who do you have to change the name in your phone so that every time you, you pick it up and you're like, should I? 
Oh, it says do not call. Yeah, I can't do it. Don't do it. Be smarter than that. Who is your do not answer fits? I'm going to you first on this one. It's St. John's. I don't know what to make of them. I think that they're good enough to be a top four team in the Big East. I think they're bad enough to be ninth or tenth. They're they're just to me they they're such a, a high ceiling, but but could totally go the other way. And they lost a player as good as Julian Champagny, who was just a bucket getter. And that's like when you're on a team that's inconsistent, you cannot fully account for what it means to have that guy who can score for you when you need him to to do so. They made some good moves in the transfer portal, but like Andre Curbelo is the do not answer in college basketball. I mean, just I, because I don't know what I'm going to get from from day to day. So. For me, St. John's, I'm sorry, but it's hard to understand what they're going to be this season. I want to say that they're going to have a great year, but there's a level of unknown with St. John's. Then the other one is, I have two. The, the other one is Michigan State, because I think I would get in trouble for answering the phone from the Spartans, but I like them. I, I do. I, I want to trust them. I want to trust that they're in the Big Ten title picture, but I don't think they are. And I, I don't know how, like, if A.J. Hogard is their dog, is that dude, I just don't know how the Spartans are generating offensive consistency and Izzo's going to be play, forced to play small. So, like, answering the phone from Michigan State when they're not playing the physical style inside gets me concerned in the Big Ten, which is just loaded up with big men. So those are two teams that I think some people think could have a better year, but I'm not ready to fully trust yet. I have trust issues. It's complicated. It's my relationship status. <laughs> T.O. I got two. And one of them has just dished out a lot of money in order to be uh, hopefully another elite eight team like they were last year. And that's Miami. And in large part, because I think Sam Wardenberg who has now departed meant a lot more to that team than I think people realize. And you can't just band-aid over a floor-stretching five that facilitated a lot of offense. I think that's a big deal. Another thing is, last year Miami was able to force a ton of turnovers because Cam Augusti was really good and Charlie Moore could really get in the passing lanes. Like So when even when they weren't able to facilitate offense, they could still rely on getting out in the passing lanes and creating easy looks that way. I worry about Miami, Norchad Ormier, Omier, pronunciation, nobody knows. But if he's able to have a good year, it's going to be different than how Wardenberg did it. That floor was really spaced last season. And that allowed Isaiah Wong to really get some to, to really get some things in isolation because he's fast. This year they have Nigel Pack, who's going to be a good player. Is he going to be what Charlie Moore was defensively? Doubtful. Doubtful. Who's going to be that next guy to step up? The other one. I, I worry a little bit about this team, and I already said North Carolina, so I'm not going to bring them up because of obvious reasons that I talked about earlier. But Oklahoma State's picked, I want to say, 30th in Ken Palm. Uh, Oklahoma State, they have a ton of really good athletes. Where's that offense going to come from? Yes. They, they remind me of uh, they remind me a lot of the Clemson teams that Oliver Purnell had before I got to campus, and not to toot my own horde, but that particular team needed skill. They needed a dose of skill. 
and shot making, and that becomes contagious. Who's going to be their shot maker? Bryce Thompson. I know what you you got that look, Rob. Like you're going to say something smart ass, but I'm gonna make you wait for a second because I'm talking good about myself. But they need a dose of skill a little bit. But they have a lot of defensive tools. Are they going to be able to score enough in a Big Twelve conference where everybody defends? You got to be able to score. Is Bryce Thompson going to be that guy? I don't know. He's a former McDonald's All American, but he's never really turned into this big bucket guy that a lot of people thought he was going to be able to able to be. I, so I have two, um, and they both kind of follow the same template here. It's Duke and Arkansas. Early on in the season, these are two teams that are built almost entirely around impact freshmen and hoping that a couple of key returning pieces take leaps, right? Um, a lot of new faces. With Duke, you got a new coaching staff. I don't know if I'm ready to fully buy into the idea that Jeremy Roach is going to be an all-conference point guard. Um, not having Dariq Whitehead uh, during the the kind of like the end of the preseason and heading into the season, I think is something that's going to hurt them. I have questions about how they're going to play Kyle Filipowski and Derek Lively together. I think that a team is kind of built on their defense is going to be a difficult thing to start with when you have a bunch of freshmen and a new head coach. It just to me, it's going to take Duke a while to kind of get to where they end up being at their ceiling. And their ceiling is really high. Like if everything clicks, they're going to be really, really good. But I think it's going to take a long time for them to get there. It's going to take some lumps early. Same thing with Arkansas. Nick Smith, really good. Anthony Black, really good. Jordan Walsh, love him. I think Trevon Brazil is going to end up being a really good piece for them. Uh, but that's a lot of new faces, a lot of new pieces, a lot of young guys. There's a reason why Arkansas's trend is uh, kind of slow early on. Weird bumps as Musselman kind of closes down his rotation and shuts off his rotation in the middle of the season in like December, early January, and then boom, they take off at the end. So to me, that's going to be kind of what we see Arkansas again. There's no guarantee that they end up putting it together, but I think that that's Duke and Arkansas, the two teams early on the season. I just don't trust. All right. Off the wall player of the year pick. Fanta, I'm going to you first on this one. Mike Miles at TCU. Why not? Why not? Year of the Horn Frog is upon us in Fort Worth. Jamie Dixon has his lead guard, and he is a dog. Folks, if you haven't watched Miles play, I'm telling you what, he embodies what's right about college hoops with the way he plays the game with passion, the way he can fill it up, the way he defends. TCU can be a top 10 team, but if they are, to me, it means that Miles is willing them. It means that Miles is willing them. I think he can have that type of year. I like what he's surrounded by, guys, because I think that those guys all have unique traits that don't interfere with what Mike Miles does. So to me, Miles is the guy that's my little off-the-radar player of the year. I've, I've been championing the, the Horn Frogs here, and if they're going to do it, although here's the problem as I was doing this. I'm like, oh, he could win player of the year. Oh, he could win player of the year. Oh, he could win player of the year. They all play, all these guys play in the Big 12. Yep. That's a big point, too. The guy I'm picking is off the wall, one, because he's a freshman, two, because he is a guard, and I've already talked about him. He stole it. He stole it. Yeah. Don't take my guy. Keontae George. Oh. Keontae George. I I, like he, uh, is that where you're at, too? Yeah. You have to select someone different. I will. I got, a, I got another one I can go with. Go ahead. Explain He's why. He's going to go with Jaime Hawkes next. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? No. Damn it. Okay, well, sorry. That's this is first-team All-American. That's like yeah, Everyone's got a first-team all He's not He's not off the wall. I got one. Well, I think, right, it's all, I think some of these picks are off the wall because we all know it's going to be a big. 
like college basketball is just trending that way. But I think Keontae George, he's going to, you're going to look back and you're going to, if we're going to come around till March when all these things are voted on and you're going to be like, man, do you remember when he had 30 against Kansas? Do you remember when he popped off and had 10, had 10 in the last minute and 15 seconds against, I don't know, TCU. He was the best player on the floor when Mike, when Mike Miles was there too. Like he's going to have some of those games. That's the reason he's my pick. He's a freshman. It's off the wall. People are kind of getting around to the fact: is he going to be able to do it with both guards? Because he played well over the summer, but his other, but his uh, counterparts weren't with him. What when? Uh, when is he going to select to stand out? And it's going to be at the end of games. Yeah. So the the thing about um, about Keontae George to me is I think that when you look at Baylor, they they probably have the best backcourt in college basketball this year. I think that that's is that is that fair? Do we agree with that? Um, and yeah. I think there's a there's a real chance that he ends up being the leading scorer on that team, right? And I think that Baylor, uh, if they are as good offensively as we think they're going to be, has a very real chance to be a national title contender. And I oh, think that you need to be an elite scorer and the best player on a national title contender to be in that conversation. And if Baylor ends up being top two, top three in the country, like a lot of us kind of expect them to be, um, then I think he's the guy that uh, that will end up reaping the benefits um of that of that award so the i, I like your pick for Hawkins. i don't think people are talking about him enough but he's a preseason first team all-american um i like marcus sasser but again he's a preseason uh first team all-american it's kind of hard for me to sit here and say like those guys are dark horses um when they're kind of already uh getting that level of attention right the mm-hmm. guy that i don't think um necessarily is getting enough conversation is Trace Jackson Davis, right? Like it yeah, feels like I he's been kind of put on the back burner when it comes to like the best big guys in college. We all justifiably so. Everyone's talking about Armando, right? Everybody's talking about Oscar Sheway. Everybody's talking about Drew Timmy. Everybody's talking about Hunter Dickinson. Yes. Um, Trace Jackson Davis is a guy that basically averaged like pretty damn near 20 and 10 for the last two years in college basketball. He's as explosive as anybody in college basketball. Indiana is another team where you kind of look at them and you say they have a point guard that could be really good. Xavier Johnson could be really bad. He could also be really good. They have a great five man. If Ray Thompson makes some jump shots, if these two freshmen come in, um, uh, Hood Shafino and um, who's the other guy? Malik, uh, Malik Renault. Um, and if Miller cop start, starts making some more shots as well, all of a sudden you have a team that we know is going to be good defensively. They have a great five man. They have a solid point guard and they can make shots around them. And that's kind of what you need uh, when it comes to being a title contender. So I think Trace Jackson Davis is a guy that could legitimately average something like 21 and 12. And if he does that, Indiana wins the Big Ten and they actually make a run in the tournament, then uh, that's someone that needs to be in that conversation. It does not feel like he's been put in that conversation as well. All right. Last question. There were four teams. They got first place votes in both the AP and coaches poll. Kentucky, North Carolina, Houston and Gonzaga. I think that we can say that's the consensus top four in college basketball, fairly so. So take them out of the conversation. Pick somebody out of that next tier that you uh, you want to back to win a uh, a national title this season. Banta, you go ahead. Yeah, for me, the obvious selection is Baylor. So I'm sprinkling some money on them. I actually think the Bears are going to win their second national championship in three years. That's my prediction if you're holding me to it. And if I had to pick somebody else, it would be Virginia. Because they come off to me as a redemption team. Tony Bennett, 
had made seven consecutive NCAA tournaments before missing last year, the, the Hoos are going to be back, guys. They're going to be back in a big way. And that team got better as last year went on. When they beat Duke at Duke, that was not a fluke. They are going to carry this momentum into this season. So I, I really do look at, at UVA and I look at Baylor. If I had to, to, to go with two teams outside of the ones receiving number one votes, those are the two teams for me. Uh, and, and I don't think – I think I might be matched – in, in what others would like to invest in as well. Yeah, well, UVA is 40-1 to 1 to win the national title. Uh, national title. Baylor at Bet Rivers is 16-1 to 1 to win the national wow. title right now. Um, they, are, they are sixth. They, were, they currently rank sixth. Um, and that line has actually moved a little bit since our best bet show yesterday when we looked at national title futures. So uh, maybe you should pay attention to us before we start moving the lines. Tio, who do you have? Uh, I, I have Baylor as well. Like I said, they're the my ride or die that I team that I love too much. That they're obviously in there. Uh, UCLA is good, and I know Goodman predicted them to win the national championship. Uh, and I hate to agree with him, but if you look at their individual pieces, you got to like it. Mick Cronin can coach his ass off. They've got really talented freshmen in Amari Bailey and Adam Bona, and then you also have uh, Jaime Jaquez, who is your end of game. Give the ball to him; he can make something happen for you. And those are things that you need. Go ahead, John. I like how you just say Mick Cronin can coach his ass off. That should be on a T-shirt because you're right, Terrence. Yeah. Like Mick Cronin can coach his ass off. Yeah, <laughs> he is that dude, man. Yep. The job he's done there. Is like, remember when he got hired? People were like, "Ooh, is this gonna fit?" That guy could go coach on Jupiter and he'd win. Yep, <laughs> yeah. And he got those. He's got those athletes guarding, and they're gonna yes, guard. Man. Are they gonna be able to? Are they gonna stay healthy? Yada yada yada. That's a big thing. Jaime Jaquez was hurt majority of last season, right? Like, and he played through it. A lot of people don't realize that he played through it. And I saw him at the the regional in uh, in Philadelphia. Um, before the was it the Sweet 16 that they lost? Yes. Yeah. So he had to walk down the podium before the game, and like he was putting weight on both sides of the stairs and hopping down. Like he wasn't walking down the stairs to get to the podium for the press conference. He was hopping down. That's how much pain he was in on that right ankle, and he played through it. I love that pick, Tio. Uh, that, that was actually my pick. Was UCLA? Um, how many teams have an elite four-year veteran point guard like Tiger Campbell? Just a guy that's been through the wars that can compete. How many teams have an elite four man like Jaime Jaquez? He's just like he's just he's just a guy. He just goes out and he 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 plays. I think that his value at the four is is kind of underrated in college basketball a little bit because of his versatility, because of the fact that he can make shots, because of the fact that he can be switchable, because of the fact that he's essentially a guard in a power forward body. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that's really valuable. Um, Jalen Clark, right? The guy that defends will let you play full small ball. Like if you want to go five out, you could play him at the five and go five out. Um, I think the impact of Amari Bailey will be able to help nullify the fact that you lose, uh, that you lose um, Johnny Juzang. And look, credit to him. Like there's not very many guys you can just say, go get me a bucket and he'll go get you a bucket. And that's kind of what Johnny Juzang did. Um, so I think that bringing in Bailey helps there. They got shot makers. David Singleton's back. They got the, um, the 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 kid coming off his torn ACL or was it an ACL McClendon the point guard? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So they, they got him coming back. Um, I think the X factor though is Adam Bona. Like the the hype 
that's been coming out about him from he's calling him Amari, isn't he? Yeah, like Goodman keeps comparing him to Amari Stoudemire. Um, I think Scott Mick compared Cronin's him to Tony that, Dice. Like he's yeah. if he's big, he's physical, he's athletic, and he's a five man, and he can be at that that good. I kind of need to see it, but like if he ends up being that good at the five, a shot blocker, a rim protector, someone that's switchable, like that's that's a difference maker because all of a sudden you have the vertical spacer going to the rim, right? You have someone you have to be attention, uh, pay attention to rolling to the basket. You can get out and defend a little bit more because you have someone that's going to put anything at the rim through a backboard. He's old for a freshman, so he's 19, turns 20. I, I just, I love them. I also, you mentioned him earlier, T.O. We got to give Tennessee a shout out here. Oh, right. I was about to say, oh, you ruined it. Yeah, you we got to give Tennessee. I was going to, vers- hold on. You ruined it. I was going to be like, hold on, and I was going to sing Rocky Top, the whole thing. No one wants to hear you sing. I've no, I'm not going to do it. I've heard, you, I've heard you sing. I, I want to hear Fanta sing. Fanta's got Fanta's got pipes. He's got. A he voice. does have pipes. I don't have well, pipes. My, I, mine, mine, lyric. I live on effort when it comes to singing. I live on effort. <laughs> so I'll. So this is my. I'll give you my little spiel on Tennessee, and then I'll let you take it away and, and close it out. But you give me two really good guards, veteran guards that have been around. I know Zakai Ziegler is only a sophomore, but he's like he's kind of been around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Santiago uh, Vescovi. Really good shot maker, spaces the floor. I think he's hit like over a hundred and something threes, 112 threes last year. Yeah, you could play him on the ball, you could play him off the ball. He gives you a little bit of that versatility. You mentioned Tyreek Key, the impact he has as a yeah. scorer. Your boy Julian Phillips is a stud. Uh Josiah Jordan James is a stud. You play Olivier Kamwa out there. All of a sudden you have a five in that can space the floor. Who, like Rick Barnes will tell you, there was a stretch of about four weeks last season before he went down. He was their best player. Um, you could play big if you need to with Eurosh Plavšić. You could play small if you need to. Like you could put JJJ at the five, put Julian, Tyreek Key, Vescovy, and uh, Zakai Ziegler out there. All of a sudden, you are small and versatile. You could switch everything. You're going to guard everybody like that. That is a really, really good team. They bring a lot of good pieces back. They have a veteran presence. They make shots, and they got a guy that could be a difference maker. And Julian Phillips, if things end up going that way, so uh, I mean. Tennessee, UCLA, and Baylor are like my three that I'm like, you know what? We're not paying enough attention to them. That's well, I think we all see, agree on that. Seeing yeah. them have five and double figures against Gonzaga, they had balance. I know it was just an exhibition, but it was very clear that they're improved on the offensive end of the floor. And when you have Viscavi producing and, and distributing and playmaking for the guys around him, like he's as good of a playmaking guard as you're going to find. So – I, I look at it with Tennessee and JJJ to me is such a, such a tough matchup for them. And then Julian Phillips, like is, is someone that I think could, could also spring on to even more of the national radar. So that team. Yeah, he was and, nervous. He was nervous in that Gonzaga game. He was like, he, he was tight. He was moving too fast. This wasn't the Julian Phillips. No. Like wait, wait a little while on him. You're going to see but, some good stuff. Sometimes you just need that that guy who can deliver buckets. And for yeah. Tennessee, that was missing last year. Now Tyree Key, it's not missing anymore. And Viscavi can set him up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I just I look at that combination and I could do it. Rocky Top, you'll, you'll always, always be. be home sweet home to me. Good old Rocky Top. Woo! Rocky Top Tennessee. There you go. College Hoops is back.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.